Passage Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Hey, Bass Edge junkies. That's right. It's time for another episode of Bass Edge Radio. November 1st, episode 257. They're piling on, Aaron. They are piling on. And, you know, hopefully those that are still with us and not sitting in a tree stand or maybe sitting in a tree stand and actually listening to us. Of course, I wouldn't recommend that. But uh, good to be here at Bass Edge Radio. As always, brought to you by our partners at MegaWare Keelguard. All of their products of MegaWare service. Certainly top of the line, and those are the Skeg Guard, obviously their flagship, the first do-it-yourself kill protector with that 3M adhesive, the Flex Step, all of those great things. Be sure to visit them at KeelGuard.com. Kurt, you've been kind of, uh, I don't know if you want to say running around in the desert. I don't know if that's a good word, but uh, man, talk to me. You know, I had a huge third day. I did. I had a good day two. Uh, talking about the U.S. Open, good day two, good day three. Man, it was a, uh, a fun event at Lake Mead, U.S. Open. They had their, uh, this is the Juan Bass. If people don't know what Juan Bass is, it's Western Outdoor News Bass. So that's the kind of the organization. They they have a, a paper and a, I mean, it, it runs everything with uh, everything in California, Arizona, Utah, all that Western stuff, obviously in Nevada and Arizona, Oregon, Washington. Anyway, long story short, the Juan Bass U.S. Open on Lake Mead happens every year, and uh, it's a marquee event for West Coast, and, and really, I believe, a marquee event for bass fishing. It's hard for those Western anglers to come to the east. You know, you've got to cross the desert, as they say, to uh, get to a lot of the foundation of bass fishing that started in the southeast. But um, the Lake Mead event was a huge success this year. Um, they had the biggest draw they've had, I think, of all time. Um, it was in excess of 200, and I think they had 208 boats. So um, it was a super uh, fun event. Lake Mead, cheese, Aaron, what a monster fishery. It is a giant place, um, very diverse. I hear that it fishes differently every year just because of the water fluctuation and all those types of things. And this is my first trip that I made out to uh, Lake Mead. And and a lot of times what happens when your first time out to a new lake is, is you don't have a lot of stuff to run to. You've got no history. And and that's what happened to me. And I think that's what made me, you know, have some success out there. I, I cashed a check, you know, out of 208 pros, I finished 31st place. So super happy to end the year off with a little financial stipend, <laughs> you might say. So um, it was a fun event. I started the first day in 100th place, had a little over seven pounds. Lake Mead is not known for big bags. If you crack the double digit mark, you've got an exceptional bag. If you can get into that 12 to 13 range, you have loaded the boat and um it makes it although difficult fishing fun and very competitive and and um a challenging and it's a great challenge to be on that lake and and try to locate those keeper fish and and um i got stuck into a little area i had a few bites on in practice and i junked my way right through it <laughs> i was i was catching them on points 
pockets, grass flats, flip them out of trees, anything that I felt like held a bass in typical fall scenario, you know, kind of the rear of a creek and, and shad moving around and bass, you know, kind of in that grinder mode. I never have found a school of fish, but just picking one up here and there. But the one bass U.S. Open, Aaron, it's one that you need to put on your bucket list to get out there and fish. I do. I do. And I've, you know, certainly, like you said, it carries a lot of uh, just some legendary stuff that has happened through that. All of the big guys have fished it, like you've said, and just really fun. But, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I don't want to belabor this point too much because we're going to keep the show moving here. But it struck me of what you said. You had no history. And yet to do what you did, I think a lot of times that theme, right, that we hear are like with the newer anglers coming out of college, right? They don't have a lot of history on this. So they just kind of go out and have no preconceived notions of what to do. And certainly I I think that played into your hands here. Obviously, you still have to catch it. You get that mental aspect, you know, going in your favor. Boy, that, that momentum can certainly, and it obviously did for you, put fish in the boat. And it's not just the financial stipend. You know, let's be honest. We're all competitive. It's that that confidence factor. Hey, I did something. (laughs) That's that's right. So, yeah, a lot of great tips that we have on the show point in that direction. And speaking of tips, we're going to whet your appetite a little bit here because it is time for ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Josh Bertrand. When I try to break down a creek in the fall, the biggest thing I'm looking for is bait. And generally when I say bait, uh, I'm talking about shad. And uh, what I try to do is I start in the very, very back. And, uh, you know, I I mean the very back, not two-thirds of the way back or almost all the way back. All the way back is where I like to go because that's, you know, that's where a lot of times the shad will gang up and that's where the bass will be at. You know, having them pinned in that shallow water and chasing them. So uh, I start in the very back, and uh, a lot of times I'll use some type of little square bill like the Berkeley square bull or a topwater bait. And uh, if I can't find them in the back, you know, sometimes they've either not made their way back there or they've even possibly made their way back there and they're already on their way back out for the winter, which in that case, I'll, I'll try to get into the creek channel. And a lot of times I'll find them smack dab in the bottom of the creek channel, running the creek channel, chasing the bait down in there if they've made their way deeper. So I start in the back. If I don't find them there, I go to the creek channel and... Uh, Hopefully that'll help you catch more fish in the fall. Great tip. Appreciate that, Josh. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and Marine Products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats is now the official boat of Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to check out the Nitro Z-Series Performance Fishing Boats. The 2017 lineup features five boats ranging from 17.4 up to 21 foot 2 inches. Two new models for 2017 include the Nitro Z-17, our entry-level bass boat at 17 foot 4 inches and rated for 115 horsepower. The flagship of the Nitro lineup, the Nitro Z-21 at 21.2 in length. Its performance and fishability is unmatched. Designed with input from top elite pros like KVD, Edwin Evers, Rick Klun, and Ott Defoe. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats. Champions aren't born, they're made. Aaron, we have been getting a ton 
ton of feedback on our social media with those giveaways, man. Having a good time. We will be announcing that Hayabusa fishing hook giveaway here in the next day or so. So be sure to uh, check out Bass Edge Facebook and Instagram for uh, that winner. And uh, we will be having an additional giveaway. We're going to keep it going, Aaron. We've been having a great time with this. Again, like I said, a lot of positive feedback with those giveaways on our social media platform. So uh, make sure, again, you check those out, Bass Edge Facebook and Instagram. Of course, we have our Twitter and then uh, all of the great videos and articles that we're posting on BassEdge.com when uh, you get a little downtime at lunch, at work, or, or whenever it might be that you got some time to log on and get some new fishing tips. But Aaron, I, I need to bring up a social media post that you had, which had some feedback as well. You were at an event. Looks like KVD was present. You and Mr. Van Dam himself uh, showed up and popped up on the Instagram with, looks like something you were doing with Major League Fishing. Let's talk about that a little bit. It was, you know, a rough life. Somebody's got to do it, right? Hung out down at Big Cedar Lodge. I had the pleasure of living on Table Rock Lake for eight and a half years, but now that I'm not down there anymore, to be able to go back and stay at that place and enjoy it from the visitor's perspective, just a gorgeous property. But we were there for the Major League Fishing Summit that is moving forward. So there's about 40 individuals, all of the top sponsors, and of course, uh, some of the founding members and anglers like Boyd Duckett, Kevin Van Dam, Timmy Horton, Edwin Evers. There's just uh, certainly a lot, a lot of horsepower in that room. But being able to see what's on the horizon, and it's not so much just talking about major league fishing property in particular. Of course, that is where a focus is, but there was a lot of other discussion that took place that I really appreciated. Some of that was of where the sport is going, and then also kind of just trying to, you know, I I can say this because I'm not involved competitively in any of the organizations, but just trying to build unity and not have so much animosity and everybody getting along in the sandbox, I guess, is the most politically correct way to say that. So it was very good. I really felt like there was some tremendous discussion for the betterment of the entire sport and advancing the entire sport. And it wasn't really just necessarily focused on FLW or BASS or Major League Fishing or Bass Edge or any of the individual properties. Of course, getting to hang out, you know, we had seven of our sponsors, Lucas Oil, PowerPole, MegaWare, KeelGuard, Mercury, Nitro, Lawrence. They were all there. So certainly that was uh, nice to get to spend time with them. But yeah, kind of in a nutshell, that's what the three days involved and uh, just a, a lot of focused energy and effort on making a difference. Well, good deal. We're going to have to bring up some of those topics this winter when the fishing kind of slows down and everybody kind of hunkers in for the cabin time. And those will be some more great conversations that we'll have moving forward. Where do we think bass fishing is headed? And what are some of the uh, properties looking at that are trying to really facilitate continued growth in the sport? Obviously, very, very important for all of us, not only industry personnel, but anglers alike. So it should be awesome. And I tell you what, Aaron, we've got an angler. Without further ado, we're going to pop him on the line right here. Second time here on Bass Edge. First time as a major champ. I'm going to hold off on telling you who it is right after these messages are Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. This is Bassmaster Elite Series Pro Jason Williamson. This is BASS Elite Series Brett Byers. I am pro angler Chad Pitkins. I am Nitro Mercury Pro Josh Bertrand. Enjoying another episode of Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. 
So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard Keel Protectors. Here we go, Bass Edge Nation. Today we have the most dominant angler that hit the water in 2017's Bassmaster Elite Series. That's right, the 2017 Bassmaster Angler of the Year, Brandon Palinick, is on the mic. Thanks for hanging with us today, Brandon. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I'm glad to finally be back on the show. (laughs) We're glad to have you back. And for those that have not heard the first time Brandon was with us on Bass Edge, really invite you to go back and listen to episode 173, December 1st, 2013, Brandon, where we went into a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but certainly a bit of history and how you began your career. And today we are able to discuss how you accomplished the most prestigious award in competitive fishing. And as Kurt said, angler of the year. Has it sunk in yet, Brandon? And really what seems to to come to mind first when you think of what you've accomplished in 2017? I've had, you know, about a month now to think about it, and I still don't feel like it has fully set in yet. I've walked past it a few times in my kitchen as it's sitting there on the table. I really don't even have a spot for it yet. And I talked to last year's winner, Gerald Swindle, about this um, when I was getting ready to weigh in of when does it sink in? You know, when does it become real? And he said it took him a couple months you know, it wasn't until a, you know, a local kid came by his house and that he, re, you know, kind of realized what it really meant. And I think that's the same for me. I, I haven't won one before, so I don't know exactly what it means for my career. I know that I've always wanted one. I know that it's a huge accomplishment. And you know, for me, it was it was a very personal win because early on in my career, you know, back at the first show, I was really a home run hitter, and that's how I've always approached the elite series is trying to win every event, but I could never get the consistency in between those wins to be able to pull off an angler of the year. So this year uh, for me, was just kind of a feel good season about making the right decisions and having those all come together in the course of eight or nine months. Well, make the right decisions you did. Although um, you had one bad finish, everything else you did this year was basically through the roof. I I forget exactly how many. Maybe you can remind me. I didn't do all of my diligent research this episode, but I think you had five or six top 12s. Is that right? Yeah, I think it ended up being six. Six top 12s. Dude, that's uh, real (laughs) good consistency, right? (laughs) So, um, man, simply awesome. Congrats again on that 2000. 2017 Angler of the Year title. What, Brandon, do you feel this has ultimately put you in position to achieve this monumental award in the sport? I mean, there's so many attributes, right, that make a good angler. But what separates the great? You're still young in your career. You've got lots of things to accomplish i think i know that i know that you have those goals and you're going to try to achieve those things as you have in the past you know three-time elite series champion already and now you know angler of the year title certainly you're looking for that classic and and those other things but is it knowledge understanding physical ability focus i mean where did it come from for you since 2013 like you mentioned you were the home run hitter what put you in this place and how would you relate this to the angler looking to achieve maybe not this exact goal you know there's club aoi titles there's all kinds you know a local angler just wanting to win that next tournament or catch that next big bass but something similar in their world of fishing that you can help relate to them this success that you've had that's a good question and it's I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can take that. And for me, a lot of it is mental, you know, and especially on the elite series level, 
because we've spent so much time on the water and I try to tell people that all the time is like the more time you can spend on the water, the better. There is no substitute than being out there learning on the water. You can read every magazine. You can listen to every Bassage radio show. I mean, you can listen to everything, but until you actually take that information and apply it to the water, it doesn't mean the same. And the reason I say that is because if you're fishing in a tournament, you're on a timed clock, right? We've only got eight to nine hours, you know, maybe 10 at your local tournament. And it's what you do within that time period that makes a difference. And fishing always changes, never the same day to day. And your ability to stay mentally strong and whoever has that light bulb go off the quickest of, oh, this is what I need to do in this situation is the guy that's going to come out ahead. And I think for me, this didn't just happen in January or February of 2017. This Angler of the Year title started 21 years ago when I first stepped on a bass boat and decided this is what I wanted to do for a living. You know, it's all of that time that I spent on the front deck of a boat learning and, you know, even on the back deck of a boat fishing as a co-angler, like all of those things that I'd learned helped me make those right decisions on the water this year. Because there were several times that I was not doing well during the tournament and had to, you know, kind of call an audible and make a decision. And, you know, this was the year that all of those decisions ended up being the right decisions. And at some point throughout the tournament, something worked out and kind of catapulted me just above that next level. It's interesting, Brandon, that you bring up the mental aspect, obviously, because we spend a lot of time, and that seems to be a common theme with a lot of the elite anglers like yourself that we have on here, and certainly with Dr. Jay McNamara's book, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing. But interestingly enough, our last episode, you know, we had uh, just a, a great guy, great angler, Chad Pipkins, was on the show. And, you know, on some inside scoop prepping for that show, we heard what a positive, you know, mental impact that Chad uh, has had for you, you know. And I'm curious, has that affected really the way you're mentally responding to your fishing days? And also interested to hear any thought processes, you know, that you have throughout the year. For example, you know, why you don't look at the angler of the year standings, you know, during the season and those type of things. Yeah, I think that's a great example of, you know, kind of that old saying of you are who you surround yourself by. And Chad is one of those guys that there's really not anybody that works any harder than Chad. Uh, You know, he's one of those daylight to dark guys like me. And being around those kind of guys that work that hard pushes you to work just as hard. And the fact that he stays so positive absolutely blows my mind. I could make a top 12 and be all pissed off because I lost a four or five pounder (laughs) and like not saying anything bad about Chad, but he would finish like 80th and he'd be in a better mood than I would be in. And, uh, and honestly, it is absolutely amazing. And anyone that's been around him can tell how positive he is. And it's really refreshing, right? Because there can be a lot of negativity on the elite series and it can become a grind when you're out there and having, you know, someone that's around, right? We travel eight or nine months out of the year together, you know, someone that positive really helps I guess really make it more enjoyable and it just makes it more fun. You know, and we talk on the water, we talk every day, you know, he rooms with us in my big fifth wheel and, you know, we come back and we eat dinner and we eat breakfast and we talk about what's going on on the water. And and then it just comes down to those decisions you make on the water, but having somebody that positive, you know, helps out. And that's, 
not looking at AOI points. That's just another mental thing for me. You know, one of the biggest things I think for people is they need to know themselves right, and what works for them. Some people need to know. Some people are motivated by being down in the standings or something. For me, I can't look at the AOI points because not knowing helps me make the best decisions on the water, I feel like. It allows me to not subconsciously know where I'm at and say, oh, I, I just need a top 30 or top 40 to make the classic or whatever. I don't want to sell myself short by doing that. I want to go out there and make every decision based on catching the most weight possible. And I feel like if I do that, then I should be where I need to be at the end of the year. I've learned that by trial and error because I have messed up and tried to look at the points before and it has bit me. And so for the last four years, I have not looked at the points literally until the very last elite series tournament of the year is over. And uh, I feel like it's really helped me in the last four years. You know, I can see how just even with my own personal view, like let's say in major league fishing or in looking at AOI standings or, or wherever you're at, you know, it can certainly affect you. I'm not saying it's always in a negative way because you might be leading and then you back off a little bit, not consciously, but it changes your thought process. I totally get where you're coming from on that. Exactly. And um, I think that it's really important for the listeners to understand that it's not a negative thing and, it, and it's not a positive thing. It can be just a neutral feeling that you're looking for so that you can just do what Brandon does every day while he's out there on the water, not taking into any consideration outside forces. And I, and I think that's really Im important for folks to understand where that comes from. Is there any other thing that you do during the year that kind of sets what you think might be a little bit different that helps you achieve this neutral, I must call it like a neutral buoyancy? <laughs> I think there are some other factors. Right? My girlfriend travels with me throughout the entire year, every single stop. And she does a lot of the cooking and just cleaning like everyday life stuff and that really helps out because that's less stuff that takes away from my mind focusing on fishing i mean it's somewhat of a selfish thing to say i know that and i've told her that <laughs> But the lifestyle that we live as professional anglers is actually very selfish. And so having her out there supporting is a huge help. Uh, we try to do our best to eat super healthy because I feel like if you have more energy, you know, better sleep, all of those things are tied into kind of that mental aspect of it, of you know, making good decisions. And the better you feel, the better decisions you're going to make. And it's like a whole process of stuff that comes together that when you do it over time, it just becomes second nature and you don't even think about it. I like it. I think I'm seeing a book in your future, The Successful <laughs> Habits of Brandon Palahniuk. And, and then people can figure out, okay, this is what Brandon did to make his deal work. Let's see. Let's touch this. You know, let's kind of feel out what he's got going, and then maybe they can kind yeah. of adjust from there to kind of create their own successful system, right? I mean, it's and that's really what it is. Exactly. It's a big, giant system from, like you say, Tiffany helping you out to the mental aspect to just being able to focus and then time on the water. And then, I mean, there's so many other things that pull us through. I mean, you're a social media guy, you know, you're really one of the biggest anglers out there in social media. And that doesn't, not because you don't post every day, because you do, you do something different every day. You make impactful decisions and that takes time away. I mean, there's so many different yeah. things that go into this. It's actually out of control. I think we should all be making a couple million a year. Maybe me, just 500,000. You can make a couple million. I'll make 500,000. Aaron, what's going to be your fishing 
career income level? Where are you at? Maybe seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. I mean, you say. are the inventor <clears throat> of Bass Edge, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Throw my two cents in, right? So uh, anyway, sure. it's a crazy life out there, and obviously, this system of success is working. And, and again, I think this is important for our listeners to understand. You know how to adjust their success form. If something's not working, don't keep doing the same thing over. Because I, I feel like that's what Brandon has done is he's changed his focus or altered not his lifestyle or anything, but just tweaked it to where he can figure out how to get to this level. And um, that's obviously, you know, there's some level that we're all trying to get to. And, and Brandon's obviously won the AOY in 2017. And that's something to look up to and to figure out how we can adjust and tweak our own successes so that we can achieve certain goals that we have. So anyway, one other thing I want to throw out there before we go to a quick break is uh, I think a lot of media outlets have missed a pretty big sponsor change that happened for you from 2016 mm-hmm. to 2017. And I, I know the rods and your soft plastic sponsor changed. First of all, I'll throw out, is there any others while you answer this question? And do you feel like it helped you achieve the AOI title? Maybe kind of adjust some things you were doing because now you were utilizing a little bit different products and maybe some innovation? Or could there also been a little bit of, mm, I'm going to show you guys what's going on as far as motivation. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of everything there. I did have three major changes in like my everyday usage of Bates line tackle. So I swapped out soft plastic companies, went to Zoom, which everybody's familiar with. So signed up with the guys at Zoom and signed up with Alpha Angler Rods, which is a brand new company that a lot of people haven't heard of because this was the first year that they launched. But it was a buddy of mine that I actually tried to get to start this company about three years ago, and he wasn't ready to do it. Had a really good paying job in the outdoor industry. Back then, I knew that something was special about the rods that he was building and the way that he was doing it. Fast forward three years later, he's ready to do it. We launched the company and then I end up winning AOI. So it was a pretty cool story. And my other big change was, you know, I made a switch to Seaguar fishing line. You know, those are three like major important parts of what you do as an angler. Without confidence in those three things is important. And I think that's what I really worked on last off season was when I was making those changes, I was really making changes to go to places that I had the utmost confidence in. Even if I was going to take a little bit of a hit on the front end from a financial standpoint, right? I knew that in the long run it was going to pay off and it paid off tenfold of what I even thought it might. But just knowing that I was out there on the water and I had every right tool for the job, I think just allowed me to make better decisions. As crazy as that sounds, but I didn't ever think, oh, am I throwing the right bait or am I, you know, do I have the right line size or, you know, is my line too big? I just constantly focused on finding the fish. And I had so much confidence in the products that I was using that if I wasn't getting bit, I just assumed there were no fish there. And I just continued to move and move and move. And I think that really made a big difference in an AOI title. Yeah, confidence, as you said, is huge. And bringing that not just in from a fish catching standpoint, but the actual attributes of what you're utilizing to catch those fish, super important as well. And you mentioned kind of with a little chuckle, there's a little bit of I'll show you motivation in there, I'm sure. So um, great for you to see that come to fruition. I'll tell you what, guys, Bass Edge Radio is going to take a little pause in the action, but stay right here because we will return with more from 2017 BASS Angler of the Year, Brandon Palahniuk. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Nitro Performance Fishing Boats, returns with Bassmaster Elite Series Angler Brandon Palinick in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products. From real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements, visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, Brandon, before the break, we talked a little bit about some equipment use changes that you made for 2017 and how you felt really kind of set you up. This is like the perfect storm, though. You decided last fall to do a video series about your road and on the water adventures and basically have your entire life documented. (laughs) Is that just not the craziest thing ever? So not only do you win the AOI title, I don't know how many hours. I'm sure it's insane amount of hours of footage you have of 2017 on and off the water to show exactly what happened in your AOY championship. Dude, you got more stuff coming out soon about the 17 experience. What can we expect to see from BMP fishing? It was kind of like catching lightning in a bottle. <laughs> this yeah, was, uh, yeah, that's a great way to say it. That's fantastic. It was an idea that I had several years ago and just wasn't in the right place to be able to do it yet. And, you know, I continually worked on this hard on the off season of how I was going to do it, how I was going to make it work, and just everything finally came together this year where I could make it happen. And we literally have, I would say, 99% of all the fish catches that I'd caught during the 2017 season. That is incredible in its own feat, but to do it and win Angler of the Year at the same time is <laughs> yeah. something that has obviously never been done. And for me, the basis behind it was that I felt like every single angler on the Elite Series or FLW2 or MLF, whoever it may be, everybody has a story. You know, no matter where you finish, there's a reason why you finished where you did and those decisions that you make. And I think we can learn from that. And there's just not enough cameras out there documenting all of the guys and the decisions they make. And I really wanted to show that, right? And show like, if you win, this is why you win. Or, you know, maybe you were on the fish to win, but things just didn't go your way and you lost a few or something happened. And I wanted people to see that because I think that's important. That's what people want to see. And that's, you know, what really defines who we are and, you know, how we come out of those outcomes. And so, it was something that was just, for me, a lot of fun. I love the media side of it. Uh, we've got one last video coming out from the tournament series. We've got our Angler of the Year championship video that will be out soon. I just looked over the first draft of that video. I've uh, got a few minor changes, but it should be coming out in the next few weeks or so and uh, should be good. Yeah, I want to ask real quick. I've watched not all of them, admittedly, but several of them. And is there a lot of uh, off-the-water footage that you also have about how things transpired that hasn't been put out there yet? Or is it mostly on-the-water footage? And be sure to let everybody know where they can go see this stuff. Yeah, we've definitely got uh, a mix of everything and probably not as much off-the-water as I would have liked. But that's really just because it's me and one other guy <laughs> right. you know, producing right. the whole thing. It, it's just hard to film and edit that much footage. 
Uh, yes. But if people haven't seen it, the uh, best place to go is just my YouTube channel, which is BMP Fishing. It's also on my website and on my Facebook page, but YouTube's the easiest place to find it. You can go through the playlist, all the series. But really, we try to encompass everything that goes on during the week, you know, off the water stuff. And, you know, it's kind of a short film documentary vlog mix that we put out there. That's cool. You know, I mentioned to you at a MLF event, I think it was uh, this past year. I'm going to tape this and I'm going to send it to you. And it's going to be the corniest thing that you've ever heard. <laughs> but I think it could become a piece of your video series. So I'm going to throw this out there. Look for this in 2018. <laughs> you never know what might happen. But uh, I've got a hook that I think you'll dig, dude. Just just saying. Uh-huh. Just saying. I got a hook. Anyway, great video stuff you put yeah. out there, by the way. Bass Edge Nation. We'll definitely be checking that out and enjoying it. Yeah, well, before we get too much further, kind of break down a little fall fishing for us. Brandon, what comes to mind first when you think of locating bass here as we head into the early parts of November? Yes, it it is the season uh, for some epic fall fishing around most parts of the country. You know, for me, it's all about finding the bait. The bass, they know what's coming. The days are getting shorter, less light, and they are feeding up because they know they're not going to be getting as much food later on in the year. And so it's really all about finding that bait. And that's going to vary depending on where you live in the country, right? Up north, it may be a lot of perch. You know, where I live, it's a lot of kokanee, bluebacks. And, you know, down south, a lot of it's shad. And just really paying attention to where those bait fish are moving and how they're moving is going to allow you to set up in areas where those bass can ambush that certain bait fish. Are there certain go-tos this time of year that you're going to uh, specifically target those with? You know, that's kind of depends where you live. You know, if it's shad and the shad are moving shallow, I like to throw a big spinnerbait with a big Colorado blade, something that you can almost wake on the surface. Top water can be really good if your water's still somewhat warm and uh, you know even square bill crankbaits flipping you know i'd really like to try to fish isolated targets that i can cover water quick i can move through an area quick and a place where those bass like i said can ambush those prey and it's a really fun time of year because usually the fish are aggressive you don't have to work super hard to get them to bite you just have to get around them Gotcha. And, you know, speaking along those lines, if you're dealing with limited time, how do you determine what section of the lake to really try and find the most aggressive bass to get in front of? For me, it can be a tricky deal. Depending on where you live this time of year, sometimes that first part of fall can be difficult. If that is the case, uh, or if you have fish that roam a lot, like say you live on a blueback herring lake, you know, we got listeners tuning in from South Carolina, North Carolina area or something, you probably are not going to want to go try to chase those fish. I would go look for resident fish up a river, you know, in the back of a creek where maybe those fish, they just live there and they're going to be the first ones to turn on and start to feed, you know, and if you've got the bait fish in your lake that make big migrations toward a river or something, I'm going to spend my time up toward that end of the lake or that body of water. Gotcha. That makes great sense. Now, when you're working to find a pattern, are you purposely working a specific scenario, let's say for fall fishing back of creeks, right? So, or, or up the river. So do you just run up the biggest arms of the lake and just fish the backs or 
do you just kind of like when you're trying to figure something out, just kind of fish around and look at different fishing situations, like say points, back of creeks, 45 channel banks, channel swing banks, and then kind of just running into what the fish are doing kind of help you determine a patterns. How do you approach that? Because I think so many times, you know, an angler hits the water. And uh, of course, you know, at most, if you're able to fish all weekend for most anglers, it's best weekend ever. right? But usually we got a day or so to get out there and kind of do our thing and hopefully put some fish in the boat and feel tug on the line. So how do you approach that process? Are you specifically thinking, okay, this is the time of year. This is the pattern I'm going to try to develop and then do that for an hour or two. And then if it works, you're good. You guessed right. Right. And then you just keep doing that. But if you guess wrong, you guess, okay, option B, and then you go do option B for a little while and see if that works. And then if it doesn't, then of course you got to move to option C, D, E. Hopefully you get there sooner than later. Or do you just start fishing, I say down the bank, but just fishing an area of the lake and kind of fishing everything that comes to you to determine what the pattern might be? Break that down for us if you can. And I, I think this is one of the most fascinating topics in fishing because it's never the same. And I think for me, it really, you can eliminate a lot of this before you ever get to the water, especially if you're going to a new body of water. You know, this applies to a guy that's maybe going to practice for a tournament and doesn't have much time. But this can also apply to the guy that's, you know, maybe just going and fishing his home lake. You need to figure out what part of the lake continually holds fish and if it's a new lake you can get online do as much research as possible and if you see an area of the lake that continues to come up in tournament results or different article topics that at least tells you that there is a population of fish in that area of a body of water and that's usually going to be my starting point to at least No, here's an area of the lake that has fish in it. Then for me, I look at what are the current conditions? Is this year warmer than last year? Because November 1st or November 2nd, 2017, most likely the fish aren't doing exactly what they were doing November 1st or November 2nd of 2016. And probably not the same as they'll do in 2018 because the fish, they don't live by a time clock. They live by whatever mother nature throws at them. You know, is the water higher, lower, you know, warmer, colder? All of those things are going to determine what stage those fish are in. And you just really need to have a good understanding of fish movement. We know that as that water cools and the fish are moving, the bait is moving back towards the backs of creeks. That's what we're going to do. So if you get on the water and you realize the water is a little bit warmer than it was the year before you were there or a little bit warmer than normal, those fish probably haven't made that transition yet. And so I'm going to start based on my knowledge where I think those fish should be. And so I don't go in with just, this is what the fish should be doing. You know, it's November 1st. They should be here and here and here. I'm going to have a super open mind but at the same time go in with at least a little bit of a game plan so that I'm not just running around. I want to go in, get in an area, and break down that area until I figure out what stage those fish are in and how they're responding to the current conditions. Great. That makes perfect sense. So um, Bass Edge Nation, be sure to uh, keep the mind open and work an area of the lake. You know, work an area of the lake and kind of let the fish guide you. Work your past experiences, but don't just try to dial it in on everything that you think should be happening. Kind of let the fish tell you what's going on. And guys, it is time to move on to our next little segment. 
in one of our final segments of the show, the O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day, listener question segment. Brandon, today's question comes from Austin Hicks. And this is an interesting, actually, very interesting question. Austin asks, what is the best tip you could provide for fishing during the fall or winter time frame when you have muddy water? That's a really good question. And that's kind of going to depend on how far into winter you're talking. And when you get like really cold and muddy water, that can be one of the toughest times to catch fish because the fish are relying on their sensitivity and usually they have to move to get the bait because they can't see it as well. Right? We can't put it right in front of them. So they're not as active. You kind of have things working against each other. Now, if it's like kind of mid to late fall and those fish are still active, muddy water, there's going to be some fish that are extremely shallow, like shallower than you can even get your boat most likely chasing bait. And so for me, I'm going to use something square bill crankbaits spinnerbait with some big blades bladed jig something that has some vibration to it that the fish can track and i'm going to fish it shallow and don't be afraid to fish that even on a kind of clay or muddy bank that just has some little isolated targets around it because those fish will get up in crazy places that you don't think of, especially in muddy water. Thanks for answering that, Brandon. That's great advice there and certainly a very good question, Austin. Certainly appreciate you sending that into Bass Edge Radio. One reminder, though, we need another piece of information. Please let us know through our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or certainly through our website, or feel free to email us at support at BassEdge.com to let us know that you heard your question and include your mailing address, and we will get that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card sent directly to your mailbox. And as always, Bass Edge listeners, keep firing in those questions to our show via the website or any of our social media handles, and you could be the next winner of the O'Reilly Auto Parts listener question segment with that gift card. That pretty much wraps us up, man. We've had a really great show. What do you think, Aaron? It is, and you know, one thing to throw out to you, Brandon, it was really neat to look back on that December 2013 episode and just kind of reminisce a little bit and see how far you've came just in the sport of fishing and just what a solid angler you know you are not that you weren't back then by any means and I don't, I don't want to discount that at all but good night it's no wonder listening to that interview and, and to see why you are now angler of the year I mean it just makes sense yeah for me it's cool to be able to look back and have that kind of stuff and then fast forward you know four years and see how things have changed really a lot of that just comes from time on the water right making better decisions seeing more situations and getting more comfortable out there and having confidence in your ability to make those correct decisions. Well, certainly correct decisions were made. I got to say, this interview has been a lot of fun. It's been really interesting. It's been kind of cool, casual, just kind of hanging back, listening to what's been making your brain tick. And I think that Bass Edge Nation is going to get a lot out of this as far as how to look at goals that they're trying to achieve and kind of set forth a pace to be able to achieve those goals. So it's been a lot of fun hanging today, Brandon, but we are going to send you off with our last little segment called four last questions for you so um you ready for this yeah all right who is your hero and describe them in three words let's see i'm gonna say man, i only get three words that's a tough one that's a bummer that is tough. Uh, I'll, I'll say probably my mother and three words i would say supportive loving and work ethic very good. I like that. What is the last picture you took with your phone? Good question. It was probably something that I posted on social media. Uh, I would say it was 
actually a picture that I built for my social media. It was one right. that I posted about my 2010 Bass Nation Championship trophy and uh, okay, cool. my 2017 Angler of the Year. That's one step above my social media skills already, building a photo for social media. I need to get into that that a little bit more. What was your last vacation that you had? Oh, gosh. Well, in 2010. (laughs) If you were to ask me, my last vacation would have been uh, the AOI championship at Mille Lacs because I built a life that I feel like I don't need a vacation from. And I love the tournaments. Uh, If you were to ask my girlfriend, it would have been a trip we took a couple years ago to the Bahamas. Dude, you better straighten this up, buddy. I hope you got something planned for the next couple months before 2018 (laughs) kicks off. All right. And so talking about 2018, what venue do you look forward most in 2018? For me, it's going to be the St. Lawrence River. We're going there toward the end of August which has got to be one of the best times to go there. I'm looking forward to somebody breaking the 100-pound mark with smallmouth. I think it's going to happen. That'd be sweet. Well, awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate you hanging with us today on Bass Edge Radio. We look forward to the next time, man. Good luck out there. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon. Bye-bye. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift. PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to eight feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Another cool interview. I mean, they're all so different, right? And I feel like I'm going to be an old fart a little bit because, uh, you know, I've been watching this young angler, Brandon Polonix, since, you know, he won an FLW tour event on the co-side at Lake Norman several years back. And then just, you know, watching him through the Federation have a good classic, which boosted his career to get into the Elite Series. And then a couple of ups and downs in the Elites. And then he wins more ups and downs. And he's tweaking his game. And now we're interview him as the angler of the year champion it's pretty amazing and neat to look at and it's several years in the making no doubt and the thing that stuck out kurt on that is did you get a sense or just a feeling of calmness of just very secure and it wasn't arrogance it wasn't anything it was almost like i could have just sat there and i was probably one of the most relaxed episodes i think that i've been a part of and listen because you and i we get charged up and and love listening and love doing this stuff but it was just almost like we were sitting around having a cup of coffee on the porch and just listening. Yeah, and it wasn't a porch that was looking at I-10 or I-40. It was a porch that was looking over the buttes of Utah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was like, or maybe of Idaho in this circumstance. You know, it was very subdued, and it was a great feeling show, you know, a great feeling episode. And I, and I think that's attributable to Brandon's growth, just maturing as an individual. And as I mentioned, you know, us watching that maturity for guys that are in their 
their mid-40s and higher that have been watching the show, and even some guys that are in their mid-30s, you know, for the last 10 or 12 years, they've been watching him grow and, and watching him, you know, etch his mark in this industry and uh, doing it his own way, you know, doing it, you know, Brandon's way, which, which is cool. Everybody's got to do things their own way. I mean, I can't do a, a certain thing that somebody else is doing. I've got to figure this game out and figure this sport out in my own circumstance. And that has had trials and tribulations and great days and bad days. And he's seen the same thing. And now that he's been able to uh, adapt to find in 2017, what I would consider ultimate success. So uh, yeah. it's it's really cool to see and uh, leads the road for other people to achieve those successes as well. And the aura, as you mentioned, of the show is interesting because throughout Brandon's career, I've heard him say, you know, snippets or phrases while he's on stage. You know, I might be backstage waiting to weigh my fish in, in an elite event or maybe watching a weigh-in online or something like that. And I'll hear him talk in a way that shows his inner confidence, shows his thought process. And there is a thought process there that sometimes looks, sometimes I've seen it as, you know, an arrogance, but I don't see it that way anymore or an egotistical way. It, it's the way of the thought processing as, as maybe a champion. Right. No I mean, and that's where it's all come through. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier in the show about the U.S. Open and I'll just throw this snippet in there. Clifford Perch. I was I was talking to Clifford after the U.S. Open and he was talking about on day three. Well, I was trying to look for an area where I could catch 18 to 20 because I needed to come back. And, and that's the way he approached me. And, and you think to yourself, dude, no one catches 18 to 20 at the U.S. Open. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. But that's the essence of what those guys mentally are looking at. And Cliff's a three-time U.S. Open champion. That's why he's a three-time U.S. Open champion. And that's why Brian Polonix is 2017 Angler of the Year. Great interview. Lots of fun. Dude, I just love doing this program and being able to pick everybody apart. It's, it's, I know. Uh, that is the funnest part of being on this side of the mic. You know, I share that with you. And I think Brandon's um, persona and how he comes across and just how he lives his life, um, very interesting. And I wish him the ultimate success moving forward. And there's no doubt that he's going to continue to be a contender at that angler of the year position but listen i know i do want to throw this out there before we close down we ran a little long today normally we try kurt to kind of keep this massaged in the road ditches of of that 38 to 42 minute time frame but kurt and i decided on this one the information was so good we did not want to cut it short we know you have numerous ways to spend your time certainly appreciate you guys spending it with us so for kurt dove i am aaron martin we will be back november 15th as as we always are with another exciting episode brought to you by Mega Weir Keel Guard. So long, everybody. We'll see you November 15th. The Edge is presented by Mega Wear Keel Guard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.